Welcome to Irvine, California, where it's easy to play like pros. At the heart of Irvine's competitive culture is Great Park, the region's premier 194-acre multi-sport complex, equipped for youth teams to Olympians and everything in between. Plus, Great Park's expansion is underway. With near-perfect weather and a thriving sports scene, Irvine is the place to play. Visit DestinationIrvine.com for more information. Representatives from Major League Baseball and the Players Union will meet face-to-face today in New York, their first in-person meeting since December 1st and just their second meeting since the owners locked out the players on December 2nd. Let's hope for some negotiation momentum in Major League Baseball. This is your Morning Buzzcast for Monday, January 24th. I'm Abe Madcorp. Boy, what can you say? I am very bleary-eyed, a wild NFL weekend. Peter King is one of those calling it the greatest playoff weekend in the 102-year history of professional football, and I won't and can't argue. I mean, all four games decided on the final play. You cannot make that up. Four of the best games I've ever seen, and the NFL product continues to outshine and outperform anything else out there. You know, we will get to the ratings from this weekend in the next few days, but some viewership numbers we do have final regular season local market ratings, and it's hard to argue with the two teams who sit atop that ranking of top local viewership. It's the Bills and the Chiefs. They led the way in local ratings, both in smaller markets where ratings for the hometown team are typically higher. The Bills will have a hard time getting over last night's loss for sure, but this team has a bright future, and the team's local viewership in Buffalo was up 12% from the 2020 season and averaged a 47.2 local rating. That is incredibly strong. The Chiefs were number two. They will head to another AFC title game, and while their viewership dipped 4% from its league-high 47 average in 2020, it remained unimpressive. 45.3 local rating in the Kansas City market. They ranked number two. The biggest year-over-year gain belonged to the Los Angeles Chargers in LA, who were up 25% from last year. That's a significant gain in that massive television market. So let's look at the AFC-NFC title matchups first. The Chiefs, we talked about them. They have the number two number in local ratings. They will host the Bengals, who came in at number 11. They were up 8% in their local rating in Cincinnati. Meanwhile, the Rams were up 14% in LA to average a 10.5 local rating. They will host the 49ers, who were up 11% to average an 18.7 local rating. So again, top five teams in their local numbers, the Bills, the Chiefs, the Packers, the Saints, and the Steelers. Right behind the Steelers were the Browns. So all those local numbers, 1 through 32 on sportsbusinessjournal.com. Check it out. It's a great, great read. Speaking of good reads, one really good read over the weekend was the New York Times feature on Sunday, that looked at China's preparations to host the Winter Games, with the opening ceremony less than two weeks away. It stated that China has delivered on the promises it made to the IOC when it won the bid to host the Games seven years ago. At that time, China was called the safe pick against its competition. 
The New York Times also looked at the different perceptions of China now compared to when it hosted the 2008 Summer Games, which were seen as wildly successful. The Times writes that China then sought to meet the world's terms. Now, the world must accept China's. Interesting read in the New York Times about China hosting the Beijing game. Meanwhile, Bob Costas was on CNN yesterday. He blasted the IOC for going back to China. He said the IOC, quote, deserves all of the disdain and disgust that comes their way for going back to China yet again, end quote. That'll be a consistent drumbeat leading up to the Olympics. Meanwhile, don't look for the Coca-Cola company, a ubiquitous sports sponsor, to be very visible during the next two big sports events. Coca-Cola will not advertise on the Super Bowl for the second straight year, and they will not run a global creative and marketing campaign during the Winter Olympics. Now, it's not a huge surprise around the Super Bowl, considering Pepsi is a big NFL sponsor and a sponsor of the halftime show. And when it comes to the Olympic Games, it's not a big, big surprise considering the controversy surrounding the Winter Games in Beijing. But Coca-Cola does have a long history of advertising in both events. Coca-Cola is a top sponsor. That is the highest level of an IOC sponsor. Now, they will have some presence around the Beijing Games, but not on NBC's broadcast of the Winter Games. So Coca-Cola keeping a very low profile around two of the next major sports events. What is next for the Tampa Bay Rays and owner Stu Sternberg? Well, they were pretty public with their frustration with Major League Baseball and its executive council for not agreeing to their split season plan between Montreal and Tampa. Now, the Rays really believed that plan could work. And yes, they needed support from the Players Association, but they thought they would have baseball support. Now, once they didn't get that, they were very, very sideways. Over the weekend, reports indicated that Major League Baseball really wants the Rays to focus on a new ballpark park in Tampa. Now, Stephen Brofman, who was heading up the Montreal side of the plan, suggested that other MLB owners may have thought the plan would never see the light of day. Honestly, when I asked one team owner recently to walk me through the plan and how it would work, the owner basically shrugged and said they didn't know. Now, Stephen Brofman suggests that baseball owners were a bit gun-shy to move ahead and be the first league to try such a split season. Now, he may be right. Some also speculate that Major League Baseball doesn't want to lose the Tampa media market, and so that's why they put the kibosh on the split Montreal-Tampa plan. But the bottom line is Tampa's back to the drawing board. Meanwhile, where does this leave Montreal? Now, they have a very strong business community backing the return of baseball to that city. And you wonder now if they continue with a big push to land a team full-time and not just for a split season. Let's continue to talk about a team's site selection because could the future of the Washington football team reside in Virginia? While many wish the team would return to Washington, D.C., I'll never forget games at the venerable RFK Stadium. There is now legislation in the Virginia House and Senate to build a new stadium and mixed-use development in Northern Virginia for the Washington football team. Now, the Washington football team is obligated to play at FedEx Field in Landover, Maryland until 2027, but that'll come up quick. 
and they are actively looking for a new venue or looking to stay in Maryland. The team has not ruled out potential sites in Maryland or D.C., but right now they are obviously focused on Virginia as they have been meeting with lawmakers there for months, and now there is legislation in both the House and Senate about a pretty extensive mixed-use development in Northern Virginia. Let's go back to rankings. We started the Buzzcast with that. How about some rankings on the NBA's most popular players and teams for the first half of the season? This is from October through mid-January. The top 10 most popular teams in terms of merchandise sales probably will not surprise you. Number one, the Lakers. Two, the Warriors. Three, the Bucks. Four, the Brooklyn Nets. Five, the Boston Celtics. Six, the Knicks. 7, the Bulls, 8, the 76ers, 9, the Raptors, and 10, the Dallas Mavericks. In terms of the most popular jersey amongst players, not a surprise. Top three, LeBron, Steph, and Giannis. In terms of the top five most popular NBA jerseys, top five, not a surprise. LeBron, Steph, Giannis, Durant, and Luka. So those are the top five player jerseys and the top 10 teams in terms of merchandise sales. And we'll end the buzzcast around people. First, congratulations to Rick Welts, one of the best in the business, as the Warriors on Friday honored their former team president with a spot on their walk of fame outside of Chase Center, making him the first non-player honored with a medallion outside the arena. Rick Welch served as president of the team for 10 years. He was inducted into the Basketball Hall of Fame in 2018, and he was instrumental in the Warriors' success and building of Chase Center, a building many thought would never come to life. Rick Welch retired last year after a 46-year career spent entirely in the NBA, and now he will be forever honored outside the Chase Center. Very well-deserved for Rick Welch. And the New York Giants hired a new general manager and Bill's assistant general manager, Joe Shane. And he has a big job in the nation's biggest market. But the part that I love about his story, Joe Shane started as an intern in the ticketing department of the Carolina Panthers in 2000. And today he is general manager of the New York Giants. What a great story of working your way up and perseverance. So that is your morning buzzcast for Monday, January 24th. I'm Abe Madcore. Hope everybody has a great start to their week. Stay healthy. Be good to each other. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Welcome to Irvine, California, where it's easy to play like pros. At the heart of Irvine's competitive culture is Great Park the region's premier 194-acre multi-sport complex, equipped for youth teams to Olympians and everything in between. Plus, Great Park's expansion is underway. With near-perfect weather and a thriving sports scene, Irvine is the place to play. Visit DestinationIrvine.com for more information.